I guess we're oh. live. Um, <laughs> David with his chocolate milk mustache already, right out of the gate. Oh, okay, we're going to talk about this movie, uh, Wonka. Um, this is allegedly a prequel to the beloved Gene Wilder, uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Thankfully. I don't think it has... I don't think it has anything to do with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the ill, the ill-conceived Tim Burton yeah, movie from two thousand five. But yeah, it is. You know, the, the trailers advertise it. You know, learn how Willie became Wonka, and um, I, I'll admit, I have prejudices, like I think a lot of us do. When we see a movie trailer, we feel a certain kind of way. It's meant to evoke emotion. It's meant to evoke thoughts. It's meant to th- make you put in your place of like, do I want to see this movie? What do I think this movie is going to be like? And I had my suspicions watching this candy-coated, you know, fantasy candy movie, just watching the previews, that I don't see any connection to the Gene Wilder Willy Wonka. But I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I'll go see it. And I watched it. I fought the urge to get up and leave about every 10 minutes, but uh, I made it through and my stance still stands. There is no connection between this movie and the beloved 1971-ish classic. Mm. And I think that's a big problem. I, I could not enjoy this movie on its own merits. I don't think it has any because it is at the same time relying on the nostalgia of that other picture, but also trying to be its own thing. But there's not even a a Dune Part Two indicator that we're going to get sort of a bridging chapter to see really how no seriously how does Timothy Chalamet become Gene Wilder? That question is not answered anywhere in this movie. So I open up to the panel. What did y'all think of Wonka? Well, first of all, who is the panel? I'm Ian Simmons of Kicking the Seat. We have Mark the the Candy Movie Man. Also, you're looking a little less orange today than you did yes, in the TikTok <laughs> review, which I did post a link to down in the description. Oh, book. You can you can check that out uh, on your own time, certainly not during the live stream no. um, of Special Mark Productions, Mike Crowley, if you'll probably agree, and David Fowley, who's always keeping it real. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to talk about we're going to get into all the Wonka stuff tonight. And we're in fact, I'm going to put on we're going to spoil this candy right now because who knows where we're going to go with this conversation. This candy um, has nuts in it. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly the conversation does, because um, we're all a little bit nutty. Mark, what are you eating? Oh, that was an Andy's, that was candies. An Andy's candy. And oh, then I've got okay. some Lindor. I got some Lindor truffles. Oh, um, yeah. you, we've got we've got a lot of them. Just oh, make sure there's no Yeti hair in it. And you should oh, yeah, no, right. there's no Yeti. Oh, hair yeah. in Let it. me yeah. bark at that. Uh, oh, oh, no, oh. no. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm at a loss. I don't have any candy near me. This is this is bad. Yeah, Mike, do you have candy? Uh, I did, but I stuffed it in stockings. This will make I, I would drop this down here, but no, no. We have a bunch of Lindor candies because my wife wanted to get some for her employees that she helps manage. But there was a deal to where you could get only a so much for this amount, but just a few dollars more, you could get like 300 pieces. So, because it was a Black Friday sale, so we got like 300 pieces of Lindor chocolates wow. in various flavors, like coconut, hazelnut, mint. Um, uh, well, I don't even know what this is. Uh, pistachio. Do, do uh, they do they have snozberry flavored ones? <laughs> no snozberries. Mm, no, mm, no. Okay. I was looking for the uh, everlasting uh, gobstopper too, but there was nothing. Yeah. Boo! All right, so Mike, I'll start with you. What did oh, you think boy. of? What did you think of Wonka? 
when I was approaching this movie, I kind of felt the way you did. I saw the trailer and I just thought, I want absolutely nothing to do with this film. This is going to just be a nostalgia trip. And why did they cast Timothy Chalamet? He's mostly known for like being very broody and serious in a lot of projects. And all of a sudden yeah. he's going to be replicating Gene Wilder. I saw the movie and I was surprised how entertained I was by it. And I was surprised by how much I liked the musical numbers. And even to a certain degree, there was like a charm to it that I think you couldn't have gotten from anyone else other than the Paddington director, who really kind of brings this childish sense of life without feeling like it's condescending to an audience for children, but also is made for them. But it's something like that the the adults can enjoy too. Uh, to answer your question as to how it relates to the original Willy Wonka, I think he, like if we're getting his spoilers, he builds the factory at the end of the movie. And that's kind of like his first four-way into creating chocolate. Now, how it makes him cynical towards children, the way he is in the original, and how he's kind of creating this weird death trap, and how he's this quirky kind of guy, or not quirky, but kind of creepy kind of guy, they didn't answer that. As a parent, well, that comes with time. Yeah, like <laughs> I was thinking, like maybe that comes sometime later. But yeah, overall, uh, I was I was surprised by how much I liked it. Now there were things that didn't work. Some of the uh, special effects in it looked a little special effecty. Like there's a sequence early on in the film where there's a bunch of floating chocolate, and it looked like it, people were chasing after a floating cartoon. And Timothy Chalamet was okay. He wasn't great. Like I'm hearing some things like, "Oh, he's fantastic," and I think he's nominated for a Golden Globe for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that yeah. Out. I don't understand why. Like, well, you know was... how Golden Globes they break it up into musical and comedy and everything. Yeah, mm -hmm. but even what for a... that, he was just he was his singing was okay, but it's he's not Gene Wilder. But then again, Gene Wilder is eternal and he can't be. I mean, he's a hell of a lot better than Johnny Depp when he was playing more of a Michael Jackson than he was playing Willy Wonka. But it 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 was a film that surprisingly charmed me that you know hit it 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 hits a lot of fun little notes and has memorable little scenes and even like a nice little side quest i i like the uh whole thing with the hotel manager and the lady who are kind of in love with each other and they're both kind of gross and they attract to each other i kind of like the whole thing with the chocolate cartel and to a certain degree, I liked Hugh Grant's Oompa Loompa. <laughs> I think I liked Hugh Grant more than I liked the special effects behind him. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, with all those elements combined together, I, I was surprised. I was like, oh, wow. I was I was about to just hate this film, and I, I came out liking it. All right. I would like to second that. I was charmed as well. Now, I went with an 11-year-old who really only wanted to see it because of, as he said, Mr. Bean. Every time he saw Rowan Atkinson, he <laughs> he shouted, "Mr. Bean!" Nice in, in the IMAX AMC well, theater. Hey, I and then look, on, kudos on my, to that kid for knowing who Mr. Bean is. More exactly, than Aaron, yeah. Eleven. Let, wow. uh, let me yeah. tell you, he's a huge fan of uh, Man versus Bee on Netflix. Oh. <laughs> Watch that; it's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and then on my other side was my seventeen-year-old daughter, who was only there for 
Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was there mainly because, you know, I was very curious about the trailer to the trailer. This trailer, the color purple trailer and the Mean Girls trailer all did their best to kind of skirt around the fact that he, these are three musicals. Mm-hmm. Like the if you watch the trailers, they're like, especially Color Purple and Mean Girls. Yeah. Now, now those are mm-hmm. movie adaptations of stage musicals. Mm-hmm. And and they are not marketed that way at all. It's so interesting. Well, I, the Color Purple definitely is. It's just they don't, they show a lot of people singing and dancing. They just don't have like the songs playing. It's very odd. Right. But it said, it, it doesn't even say an adaptation of the Broadway musical or whatever. They even, they like, they even did well, that they want with people the. Uh, yeah, they exactly. even did that. They even did that with the Journey to Bethlehem trailer, and that they didn't. Is that a promote... musical too? That's a music. Oh, See, I didn't know wow. that's a musical too. I didn't know until I looked up what it was because I saw a couple of trailers for it, and it's still showing at the theater nearby. I, just, I haven't gone seen it, and you still haven't it, taken the journey. No, I haven't taken the journey yet. <laughs> but it might be it better is, than nachos. That <laughs> that is a musical, and I didn't realize it was a musical. I I. Well, I did in the trailer because you see little clips from musical numbers, but not too much. Then I read up the description, and apparently it's the retelling of the greatest story ever told, but with modern right. songs hmm. written for the time, for their musical numbers. So they're taking newer songs and putting it in this period Journey to Bethlehem piece. Okay. And I yeah. didn't get to see it, but I was curious. But there, that you're right. There's a stigma. Lately so there's that, this whole thing about yeah. the way it's been marketed. And and I'll be honest, the trailer was kind of, you know, sometimes when you see a trailer too many times, it's just like, oh. But I would say that this is the one instance where uh, the movie wound up being better than the trailer for me. And, you know, sometimes the trailer has all the good parts of a movie and all that stuff. But I don't know. I, 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 I second what Mark uh, Mike said about um, the fact that like co-writer and director Paul King is the perfect guy for this kind of yeah. thing. Now, I'm not saying that the movie does an excellent job of sinking itself as a, you know, not sinking the ship, but sinking, S-Y-N-C, sinking itself as, you know, a prequel or a, I would say it's a companion piece to the 1971 movie. Um, I don't expect Timothy Chalamet to be a young Gene Wilder. I mean, we would cast mm-hmm. Jeremy Allen White for that. Okay, I don't expect yeah. to see see that. I I don't ex- because I I I wanted to see like how did and we're not going to see how this guy became this hermit like misanthrope, you know, candy magnet. We're not going to see that in this movie. We're going to see a young uh, Wonka. A young Willie, if you will, not even a Wonka. Um, and you know, I I was entertained primarily because I I appreciate the tone and the production design and the visuals of uh, Paul King, and and he had this he had the same approach to the last two Paddingtons. I think uh, kept uh, the charm and the whimsy of it all is is genuine and intact. It wasn't cloying to me. Um, it, it had a charm, and I think. Uh, you know, let's you know, Gene Wilder was he the 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 at the time the the best singer that that they could have cast? No, they cast it for the personality and for the character de- depiction. Yeah. 
Uh, I would say the same thing with what it, what the young Willie calls for, you know, a kind of a charming, ambitious, positive kind of uh, presence that despite his uh, unexpected hardship that he got himself into, he was still positive no matter what and determined to make himself as a uh, make a name for himself as a magical chocolatier. Um, all that other stuff later is going to is going to come out later when when he's just kind of, you know, Gene Wilder and and uh, had it with spoiled, greedy uh, kids. Um, but I, mm. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I, some of the stuff was a little bit, you know, kind of like like the whole one-note comedy thing with the uh, uh, chocolate-addicted police chief played by Keegan-Michael... What is Keegan-Michael Keegan Keegan Michael Michael? Key? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was a bit much. Yeah. A little of that went a long way. Um, but I think... If, if you look close enough in this movie, uh, Paul King, I think, populates the movie with these ancillary, you know, these supporting characters that feel very distinct for the environment, very much uh, like Paddington. There's this whole, uh, not a whole thing, but all, just this little, there's these two characters that just kind of wink at each other towards the end and we get, get a little hint to them and we feel like there's this life that they have in and of themselves within the movie, you know, so they feel they're barely there, but they feel yet developed and very sweet and interesting, you know? So I, you know, I, I think it's a, uh, it's across the board for the most part, it's, it's well cast and it's, it's fun and sweet and charming, just like it set out to be, uh, unlike the trailer. Yeah. Mm. All right. Mark. <laughs> well, uh, I, I mean, I got look for those who have not seen your TikTok. They don't need to see my TikTok. No. Oh, By the way, was it, I, that that was all a filter, right? Like, I can't believe that. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that I haven't. No, it was it was a filter. filter. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have makeup. That's amazing. It, but, and you, you just write played the, the music behind you and everything. Yeah. What? Well, I no, I I found the music and I wrote the lyrics myself after I found the karaoke version and timed oh, it wow. out. And that it actually was one of my longer prepped. It was one of those where it was just a thought of a fluke. And then I started working on it. And then you're committed when you start. Yeah. Working. You, you, you've got to then. And so I, I learned all kinds of interesting things about TikTok and saving videos and such last night and with the filter and all of that. But And the, the Oompa Loompa with the Batman t-shirt was great. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it on brand. Yeah. Keeping it on brand. Um, it's fine. Uh for what it is, for what it's set out to do, it's fine. I don't think this is one where you have to rush the entire family out to see on the big screen, in all honesty, because there wasn't really anything too much cinematic-wise that really wowed me to say, wow, I need to see this on the big screen. The casting, I think the cast does fine with the material that's written. It's... The thing is, this is Wonka with gloves off yet. And I understand it's it's supposed to be. But the thing is, they were pushing for a prequel. But there was. A, I see why they cast Timothy Chalamet. It wasn't for the Gene Wilder comedy stuff. He's got a look to him as we talk about. He's got the brooding aspect. He actually plays well the brighter aspect than I thought he would. But I was looking for a little bit more of the cynicism starting to build underneath his the surface, which is something he could do. And you get glimpses. You get very brief glimpses of the darker side, possibly, of Willy Wonka throughout this. Very, very brief, but a, a look, a nod, the way he says something, 
the way he he handles something a little is just little hints. I was hoping for a little bit more of that. And in all honesty, I think they're trying to set this up for yet another film because that's what they all do with anything like this nowadays studios. We can't have it in one because I think you'll get if this did good enough, they would do a second film that would go between this one and the Gene Wilder one. So you could see how he became it. I was hoping it would be this one. We get a little more of the subversiveness. But in my review, it's like I said, it's Warner Brothers trying to be Disney. All Mm. the characters and everything in here reminded me of older school Disney bed knobs and broomsticks type of films. Not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I didn't feel like there was a whole lot new that I was kind of hoping for what I was kind of getting with the trailer and what they were talking about and hyping it up. And then instead you, you get, I liked Paddington and I like Paddington too. I think they're beautiful films. This one, I didn't quite feel that. And I don't know if it's just the world or the fact that they were kind of pushing this as a prequel, because I'm looking at this world that everything is taking part in here and it doesn't fit the world that, charlie was in in the 71 if this is supposed to be the prequel how do you get from this world where there's all kinds of exaggerated and fanciful you've got the you know chocolate cartel and everything's obsessed with candy and everything over to real world where kids are just going to buy regular chocolate bars you know how do you get to that you know if if you're going to do that and i think that's what kind of took me aback by it again what mike and david said it is it is sets out what it needs to do it is for younger audiences there's nothing wrong with it but for me personally as a viewer i just found it middle of the road kind of average i liked timothy chalamet i think he was one of the best parts as was hugh grant i liked hugh grant's the the humor and his character and everything and in <laughs> fact i wanted to see a little bit more of that inner action i wanted to see a little bit more of I, I, I wanted to stick a bit more with Wonka than some of the other characters, in all honesty. You know, the, the, the Chocolate Cartel, while interesting, moves this film to a more fantastical unreality that I think part of the first one, and even even the, the Burton one, which nobody here likes but myself probably, uh, <laughs> the, it was the whole point was, There was the real world, and then there was Wonka's factory, which is supposed to be the fantastical world. And instead, we get an entire world that's like Wonka's factory. And I think that took me out a little bit. I think if the the rest of the world was a little bit more regular, I mean, don't get me wrong. I laughed at the the, uh, innkeepers. Don't get me wrong. I laughed. But at the same time, I was kind of like, Oh, they're bringing them back again. Oh, these are going to be characters that are sticking around for a while. And, you know, and, and it just, I don't know. I, I think it was maybe the setting or whatnot, but for me, it is fine. It's a family film. I just, for a cinematic experience, it was just like, yeah, it's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I can't, I can't give this movie any credit. Um, because yeah, it's it's well put together, but I mean, you guys keep mentioning Paddington. Obviously, I I saw the first Paddington. I loved it. I don't. I think the second one, which I've heard is is one of the great sequels. It is even yeah. better. Yeah. Um. I I don't think I I don't think I saw it, and I got I got to remedy that. Um. But mm-hmm. Paddington, 
the 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 whimsy of Paddington does not belong with Willy Wonka. I can understand mm -hmm. how Warner Brothers executive would say, "Oh, we'll get the Paddington guy because it's it's Wonka, it's bright, it's about candy and and kids and whimsy." It's not. I mean, I I came home from seeing this. Oh, that, sidebar, Mark, you already know this. Um, because of my schedule and the movie show times near my house, <laughs> I paid $18 to see Wonka in IMAX. Mm -mm. And the next day, Warner Brothers sent me a four-year consideration envelope with a code to watch it at home for free. Oh, my dear. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Were you alone? Did you, you take I any of the kids happened. or were you alone? <laughs> I, I, was, I was by myself. I mean, the, I mean it was like 8 o'clock, so the kids are lying yeah. in bed. But... Uh, yeah, I I came home and I my wife asked me because she knew that I was not looking forward to this. She's looking forward to seeing it, um, but I said this is for this movie was made for people who have not who will not watch old movies and don't like to read books because mm -hmm. if you are going into this expecting any connection to the Roald Dahl story, or honestly the the movie from 1971. I mean, if you don't care about continuity, you don't care about characters or story or things lining up, then this movie is perfectly fine. It's serviceable. I don't think there's anything special about it. But if you're looking for how did, you know, where did this character come from? They don't even do a good job of making this a prequel story because we catch up with Willy Wonka when he's 18 or 21 or however old he, he has a flashback to when he was living in the swamp somewhere on a river boat with his Irish thickly accented Irish mother. He goes to work. Sally in England. Yes. He goes to work in England and he talks like Timothy Chalamet. Uh, this movie's a mess to Mark's point. Yeah. It's takes place <laughs> in a completely magical world, but I went back and I watched some of my favorite clips from the, from the wilder version today because I'm like, was it that great? And yes, it was. I yeah. watched, three three minute clips that i found on youtube and almost all of them brought me to tears yeah um there is the the famous uh scene at the very end where grandpa joe asks wonka like you know well wh when does charlie get the chocolate and he says he's not getting the chocolate because of this this and this and he says you know you lose sir and then grandpa joe i forgot this detail he says you know if slugworth wants that gobstopper he's gonna get it you know uh, he wonka is gonna rule rue the day that he messed with us and then charlie hangs back and he just puts that gobstopper on wonka's desk and says and mr wonka hand. and he walks away yes and you know that there is nothing approaching that level of heart i mean this yes this is a quote-unquote family movie but so was the 1971 version and it didn't feel the need to be a cartoon for five-year-olds in order to attract families and take people seriously. Um, you know, there's, there's that whole idea. If you, if you watch the 71 version and you listen to grandpa Joe tell Charlie about Wonka, there's that whole story about, yeah, he was a great chocolatier and he, the factory was running day and night, but these other uh, competitors kept sending spies into his factory Mm -hmm. And so one day he closed the doors and the factory was shuttered for three years. And then three years later, mysteriously, candy started going out again, but no one was allowed into the factory. So there's this great mystery because Charlie was like, well, if no one can get in or out, who's making the chocolate? And then Grandpa Joe's like, that's the greatest mystery of all. You know, you can fill that in with 
you know, this is Wonka going to Lumpa land and, and recruiting, you know, all of his, his helpers and all that stuff. But if you look at this film at the end of the movie, everybody in the candy cartels, including Slugworth, who's mentioned by name as being the chief competitor who is sending in spies, gets arrested and sent up the river. Oh, and also, you know, this is a nitpick. I have a lot of modern movies, but you're going back to let's say that Wonka takes place in the 1920s or 30s. If you're going to fast forward to Gene Wilder being in his 40s or 50s or how old Wonka is supposed to be. I don't know that night. Let's say this movie takes place in London because, you know, the 71 version did. And that's where the factory opens up at the end. That city was nowhere near as multicultural and diverse as it is in Wonka. And people might say, but it's a modern movie. I'm like, yes. But again, let's just say you're a little kid and you watch Wonka. And then your parent says, and there's another one that takes place a few years later. You'd be like, was there a genocide? What what happened to all the multicultural, diverse characters that were all over this movie? Where did they go? Um, And plus, Slugworth in the prequel, the prequel is played by a black man. Fine, but Slugworth in the Wilder version, which is the sequel, granted, we never actually see him because it is a an employee of right. Wonka were made to believe. Mm-hmm. But if this is a famous chocolatier, one of the top three candy makers in the world, people are going to know what he looks like. And Charlie is not going to be fooled by, wait a second, I thought he was dot, dot, dot. Just all of this stuff, there's so many like jagged edges to making this line up that it doesn't. And so me as a film goer, I'm thinking, what am I here for? It's kind of like if Star Wars The Phantom Menace which, yeah, a lot of people have problems with that movie, including me. But what if we never got off of Tatooine with Anakin and it was just about him, like, building pod racers? You'd be like, well, wait a second. I know he becomes Darth Vader, but he's just like this, you know, bright, cheery little kid who likes to help people and use the Force and he dreams of doing something someday. And then the movie is over. Like, but wait, what? what? Where's, where's the Empire? That's how I felt about Wonka. I'm like, this is a complete waste of my time. And yes, it's whimsical and everything. But if it doesn't fit the premise, what is it? Uh, I'm okay with it not fitting the premise. Because the premise for the 1971 Willy Wonka movie was its own premise. And more loyal to the novel and everything. And sure. Uh, I will agree, though, at the end, I was having a conversation with my daughter. and, And she and I had seen... Uh, a couple months back, the holdovers at um, at Music Box, and she loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And and one of the things that we liked about it is that it was set in the seventies. It was filmed like a movie from the seventies, and it felt like it was in the seventies. Everybody, every aspect about it. Now, I I said, look, I like this movie in and of itself. I resolved to the fact that this is not going to sink well. Mm-hmm with the 1971 movie. It's not even going to feel like a movie from the 60s. It would have been awesome if it was a movie from London in the 60s -hmm. or or even Mm -hmm. late 50s. Sure, whatever. Uh, But that's not this movie, and I accepted that for what it is, and I enjoyed it in and of itself on those merits. But imagine if, you know, Paul King would have taken that, like, Alexander Payne approach and just made this movie a period piece. And whether, you know, be in the 50s or whatever, similar to what he did in The Holdovers, where it just really felt like cinematography, pr- production design, everything, it felt of that period. 
that would have been very interesting. I, I agree, and that, but the aesthetics, I think, are just one component of it. I mean, this movie has no guts. If mm -hmm. it had, then you would have seen something like the end of this movie, be, because there is no guarantee that there's going to be a sequel. I mean, it costs a lot of money to make. It did okay in its opening weekend. I don't know how, how well it's going to hold over at the Christmas box office. Mm -hmm. That remains to be seen. But I haven't even heard buzz about a Wonka sequel or like, hey, Chalamet signed up for a three picture deal, you know, like a series or something. So we have to assume for right now that this is it, that you've got this version and the Wilder sequel. So at the end of this movie, I fully expected for something to happen for Willy Wonka to have even a character arc. There's no growth in this movie. He doesn't actually learn anything important and certainly nothing that would inform who he would. We all know he would go on to become. You know, this movie should have ended with him being heartbroken or disappointed or scared and shutting the doors to the factory. Like, and, you know, his little lofty who, yeah, Hugh Grant is the best part of this movie. <laughs> um, you know, the performance, I even like the the effects and, you know, his kind of little gadgets and everything. It's cute. It's funny, but it also has that wry sense of adulthood that was all over the Wilder version that is just kind of dropped in here as a little bit of, of flavoring. But I think the whimsy should have been the flavoring and the main ingredient should have been that, yes, we're in a world of pure imagination that's contained within a world that kind of rejects imagination. It's all about commerce and trying to steal the ideas, steal the secrets of this magical candy, not realizing that the candy is in fact magic. There's a great film in here. In, there's a great idea for a Wonka sequel and I understand, David, that you are okay with it. I don't know how you make peace with this because, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not, it's not a personal attack. It's just like, mm -hmm. I don't know how you can go in and not get what, not you, that you are promised, except for the fact that they say how Willie became Wonka. It's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My my uh my oh sorry go ahead Mike no no I, I was gonna say that uh, you you can actually go ahead uh, oh I okay uh, <laughs> I I saw it with uh, honorable son number one he's twenty three and when we got done he's like oh that was all right he's like there was opportunities that they missed because if anyone's ever heard of our when the credits roll we get very spirited in our conversations but um he he says. He was fascinated when you got to the Charlie coming up with ways to make the chocolate. He loved those bits. Mm -hmm. He wanted to see more of that. We got the one flashback because of the Oompa Loompa connection yeah. of why it's going. He loved that bit. Here you've got a guy who's got this little chocolate factory he can literally make out of this box that literally has bottled lightning, bottled sunshine, all these wonderful magical components that while you don't necessarily need the explanation, it'd be wonderful to see a little flashback of how he may have got telling her telling, you know, the um, noodle telling noodle how he maybe got some of these ingredients and do it a little flashback to the, show a little bit more of where this magic came from. Also the fact that, they're trying to play the poverty level with Wonka, yet this guy can seem to pull just about anything out of his hat. And they raised a bunch of money, okay? 
And I know he wanted to open his factory and that they sacrificed themselves. But for the amount of money that had to go into them building Wonka's factory, they couldn't have paid off. <laughs> you know, and he well, I mean, let's just talk done... about opening the store. Right. I mean, the factory is at the, at the very end. But I mean, just to open that storefront, right. they well, got like that, a crazy amount know, of money. And, and, I, and I get they were playing it that his friends wanted him to get the shop. That's fine. But his chocolate was hot enough and popular enough that they could have taken yeah hot chocolate i know um they could have taken the money they had paid off the the innkeepers and and gone about their business and, and still done the business and he's still been popular because of how you know there was two different factions i was like you're trying to get me that he is destitute and desperate and running into roadblocks every step of the way to try to get his dream imagined yet at the next moment you're showing me he can do just about anything because of the world of magic i'm like well which is it then yes. because mm. if he can do this why is he here <laughs> you know what i'm saying it it, it wasn't jiving I, I i was like pick one or the other i liked both components it's just they're trying to build that sympathy of him not having the money and everything. I mean, literally his opening song is about how he ends up spending all of his money just walking through town <laughs> and how yeah. he ends up broke. Right. And I think there's, there's some great ideas in there, Mark. I mean, what if he had gone, you know, shown up in this village or this town, London or whatever, and had this dream and it was explained to him what it would take and he didn't you know maybe he had experimented with chocolate he was a regular confectioner or something but he realized he needed something really special in order to wow people and make a difference in this market and that's when he and noodle forget about the whole i'm sorry i get the whole like landlord wash you know enslavement thing or whatever mm -hmm. but it does, it's not necessary i love olivia coleman but you know throw all of that out have wonka meet noodle she's just like a little street urchin and he says i'm going off to find you know i got to find something really special and they travel around the world and they find loompa land and then they mm. bring something back that wows everybody and then the chocolate cartel teams up with them and they i don't know if they have the factory at that point but they start sending in spies so you could have it start to line up more with what we know about wonka hell you could even have like a really dark turn and have that that whole bit where Noodle is actually the heir to the fortune of Slugworth's dead partner, whatever. What if a child of poverty coming off the street says, that's a really attractive offer and I can't resist it. And she becomes, you know, part of that chocolate cartel or she grows into it and that breaks Wonka and he locks himself into his own factory and just does his own thing. I'm spitballing ideas. These are very rough, but this is the kind of stuff that I'm expecting out of what is, again, purporting to have a connection narratively, thematically, or whatever to the 1971 film. And this is all, it's just sunshine, candy, and rainbows. And that's not Willy Wonka. No, uh, I guess it is now. It, it kind of is. Now is How? the factory... sunshine, candy, and rainbows? That's Willy Wonka. <laughs> no, no, that it, it that is, is but that's there's the like a there's a sense of darkness the to there's it a in subversiveness. The there's, yeah. there's, that, yes, that's the world of pure imagination that he creates mm -hmm. within the confines right. of his world, right? But that's that's the other thing. Like in 
the original Willy Wonka, he describes things like snozberries and he talks mm -hmm. about these kind of recipes and like mixing things together. But we don't actually see this like candy that has the power of the sun and the silver lining of the like the storms inside of it. I feel like it loses something when you go from the from the narrative to the visual. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it's almost like a soft magic, whereas this is where we at. We got to show it to you. And I think mm -hmm. to mark your point, when they start getting explicit with this stuff, rather than just having it be kind of a cute idea or a notion, then you start answer, asking the questions like, yeah, why are you having problems with any of these people? Just call down the power of Zeus that, that you used to infuse <laughs> this chocolate and zap all of them. Or, you know, use your use your confectionery capabilities to make literally make money I or bribe the the laundry people by saying, I will give you you apparently love to eat. So I'm going to set you up with a lifetime supply of food. I, I can make out of this little box. How the hell do you get that little box? I want to know the story of that, because, again, you're sailing up the river with your your Irish mom and she dies, apparently. And then the next thing you know, you're showing up in London. You've got this box that can do anything. What is going on here? What's in the box? Yeah, what's in the box? Yeah. Which reminds me, that seven, seven anniversary 4K set comes in a replica Gwyneth Paltrow's head box. I'm so looking forward to that. Day one. Day one. Now, was the factory that he built at the end of this film the same factory from the original film? Okay, I think I was we're meant to, to believe say, it, but I I didn't I, I didn't buy it, it but I, think I didn't that buy we're it because it. it was it was like yeah. this. It looks like this rundown castle that they yeah. turned into yeah. this mm -hmm. factory. And yeah, if you remember the again, I wish it would sync to the a made it a period piece where it still felt like like let's say mid fifties late fifties feel of what was in the original uh, movie. Mm -hmm. That's why I can't say that this is a prequel it's just like this is a younger willy wonka and yeah. you know okay some of the visual designs are the oompa loompas look the same as the 1971 movie fine you know good yeah but it's it's a knockoff yeah. and it's 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 not i think they were what they were trying to do with it is they were trying really hard to be the opposite of the oh, johnny Tim Depp burton and film Tim burton, yeah yeah I think they were like, okay, we got, we can't like the the original film does have those darker elements, but we got to avoid dark. Get the Paddington guy because we don't want people getting nightmares at the end of this one, like they did with the Tim Burton film, which was even more ghoulish than the original. Yeah, although overall I wasn't a huge fan of the Burton one. This movie made me at least respect that one a little bit more because it was mm. trying to do something totally different and very weird. Uh, and unsettling, even more and like, <laughs> like the whole depiction of Wonka in that movie is <laughs> very uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't need to see mm -hmm. once again Michael Jackson in there because yeah, it's, yeah. it's just that just rubs you in all the wrong ways. What? Yeah. <laughs> just like how Michael Jackson rubbed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> With like a Chanel cocoa cut bob thing, whatever. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. White pasty white. What is happening? Yeah, yeah you no. don't want to leave. I did. Alone. I did like the Oompa Loompas in that one. That was fun. Yeah, oh, there was, there was like Roy, yeah. yeah, Deep Roy. Sort of, yeah, yeah. There was the same actor that they CGI'd again and again. Mm -hmm. I don't know why they just didn't cast a bunch of dwarves at that point. You know. Huh? I mean, as, they did the as original. a dwarf. No, I'm just kidding. But oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm close to one. <laughs> yeah. wait like if you move your camera 
No. <laughs> exactly. So, you're close to one. He's right here. Here. <laughs> here, here. Here's the thing. I think. I think. I think if you didn't have to, tr if you didn't feel the need to put a connection to the original in this at all, e e reboot whatever you want to call it. Pre it's its own thing. And it could almost be that if they didn't quit keep putting references to the original in it, including the pure imagination song. I think I think if yeah. you spin this, if you really want to do what they're trying to do, it is fine, but then make it its make it its own entity altogether, just a retelling. Remember when the Cohen brothers came out with true grit, and some mm -hmm. people are like, Well, this isn't quite like the John Wayne. They're, they're like well, no, yeah. we adapted it from the book. We didn't adapt mm. this from the other previous movie. Mm -hmm. This isn't a remake of the movie. It's from the same source material, yep. but it is different. They should have did that here, but the it's it's just Hollywood. Producers are afraid to doing something original. They have to feel they need to hit that nostalgia bug or that connection, or they don't feel like it's going to stand on its own. In all honesty, I think this film stands more on its own throw out the pure imagination line if you nice. want you know even don't put oompa loompas into this don't have a meet in oompa loompa till the end of the movie to where that's either a hook or the stinger or even a mid-credit sequence where he meets an oompa that would have been funny at the end hey kid you stole my chocolate <laughs> right you stole my beans you, you you know what i'm saying is i i think they're they were trying to do both mm -hmm. things here sure. please and everybody and to try to please both and they should have went new because like you said we have a whole generation now who do not watch older films so you don't have to connect it if you appeal to a younger audience which is what this is trying to do you don't need to connect it necessarily to any legacy stuff because none of those kids are really going to watch the legacy stuff even though we should don't get me wrong even though they probably should but you know what i'm saying is if you're if you're going to do what they wanted to do in this then cut those ties or don't put any of those ties till maybe the very end of the mm. film. Then at least you're like, oh, okay, you know, but but by doing the references throughout, which is what they do in this movie, it is it just keeps reminding me of a better film. <laughs> right. And that's you know, that's one of the dangers of, of prequels to you know older movies, certainly, is if you come out with something that you know, is kind of mediocre. I mean, like Mark, I assume that you know you you said your son watched it. He's kind of like, yeah, it was all right. He's seen the Gene Wilder version, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yes. Okay. Imagine a twenty-something or a kid or whatever who hasn't seen it and watches this movie, and their parents are all excited, and they made another one. If they're like, eh. Are they gonna be like, I don't want to watch that? If it's if it's oh, it's a sequel to this, mm -hmm. completely missing out on a piece of magic. Which I understand this is all about IP and making money and all that stuff. But I'm getting to the point now where it's like, if you don't have the inspiration to do something that can top or even try to come close to the thing that you're paying homage to or sequelizing or prequelizing, honestly, don't bother. I understand it's all IP driven and it's all about the bottom line, but it's also at the end of the day, because we're talking about movies, it's about art. And, you know, this is not, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a piece of art. It, there are a lot of people who work very hard to bring this whimsical experience to the screen, but I still contend this is not 
the showcase for whimsy make paddington three <laughs> delight <laughs> us or or come up so. you know adapt another you know something that is supposed to be at its heart whimsical but i i just don't see that that well, here i would call it art just maybe not good art because anything mm -hmm. is art you know no matter what you uh, agree with that but. yeah I, no, any piece of music can be art any i i know i'm okay technically yes mike but yeah. we, <laughs> i i went to the i went to the wonder museum yesterday and i was all excited about it uh but it's full of that stuff like everybody's an artist and just mm -hmm. turn these colorful knobs to change the colors on these leds okay. that's art i'm like fuck you yeah, right. that's, 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 a, that's a totally different direction. But these people were trying to create a vision here. And, you know, they did create something that was that that does appeal to young kids. Now, this isn't Willy Wonka at heart, but I, you know, they were trying really hard not to be dark in it. And I think maybe they tried a little too hard in some aspects. But I, I did get a kick out of, you know, the stuff with the hotel owners uh, I would have liked to have seen Willy Wonka explore more than just the little like town that he was in throughout the whole movie, which it's a wonderfully designed town, but you're starting to go, well, where does, like you guys are saying, where does he find all this chocolate? Where is that part of Willy Wonka? And it seemed to not have that in the movie. Well, I mean, it was all in a giant cistern underneath the cathedral that was being managed by the candy cart that's what's I funny feel, is the church was protecting the candy cartel yeah <laughs> yeah with 500 chocoholic mm. monks mm. um you know okay let's just let's say we leave in the the laundry people uh maybe their laundry is in an old giant castle for some reason and whatever wonka ends up take, taking over control of that enterprise and turning it into his chocolate factory i don't know there's just so many different avenues like you keep if you're going to have this nonsense in your film connect it to something i mm -hmm. you know one of the things that i think worked about the 2005 tim burton movie is it was a reboot and it was set in well 2005 there you could do something with a wonka if you want to do a wonka prequel and get away from the specter of gene wilder completely have timothy chalamet as a young ambitious crazy chocolatier wannabe in 2023 and have it because one of the social things social media works, and everything yeah, i was about to say right, because you one have of the like things, a, the willy wonka's tiktok, TikTok. page and no 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 what i'm saying is no sir no sir lose what the, the, one of the great things about the book and also the Wilder version was it was about kids and it was about kids learning lessons about how to, you know, be good people because they were rotten because of like TV and, mm -hmm. you know, unchecked wealth and privilege and all that other stuff. You, there is a whole slew of problems afflicting this generation or the last couple, actually. That you could, if you want to do a social commentary and a, dare I say, whimsical movie, there, right, you know, the, the, the material is all there. What if there was this guy who set up this chocolate factory uh, or wanted to, and he recruits kids who are addicted to addicted to TikTok, or they don't like to go outside, or they have no imagination because it's been sapped from them because it's mm. being supplied to them by all this multimedia they're you know assaulted with. Uh, help people discover or rediscover the magic and the possibility of, of life. Now I'm getting all sappy and everything, but mm. you, you could do something with that there. Uh, 
you know, it almost turned it into like a candy colored version of Saw where there's, you know, I, I don't know. Well, because if you look at if you look at Willy Wonka, the, the original, that's kind of what it is. Like, mm-hmm. you know, can yeah. you can you resist the temptation to go in the, you know, don't go in that chocolate river. I'm going to go in the chocolate river. Look, <laughs> Charlie, go, look, Charlie. Or yeah. when they go through that crazy tunnel. And it's like an acid trip. Yeah. <laughs> that scared me when I was a kid, man. Yeah. That, that was creepy. That was creepy. Right. Do something. Do that now. But with like VR. You know, like, hey, kids, put on these VR. VR. And something goes horribly wrong. And they go. We're not in a boat. We're still in a room. But, but or if more t- so. He removes the VR helmet. And he's like, this is better. And then they go mm. through the thing that they do in the original. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You could do that thing. You could play it up to where. Even, you know, you could add it either during a credit sequence or whatnot where social media is exploding because there's this huge factory being built, but no social media, no accounts, no connections, no communications of what it is or what it is. It's just this mysterious chocolate factory that we know chocolates come out of that people eat and you could have people conspiracies you could have all kinds of but nobody communicates you just get this wonderful chocolate distributed from it and then he pulls in influencers of various types into the chocolate factory mm-hmm. to you could have just done a reboot and and still did it and again i'm not i don't think i'm far off by saying this is warner brothers trying to be disney because mm-hmm. this felt like it really really wanted to be a disney mm-hmm. film but but here's mark i think you just hit on it though having it set in a modern era unconnected from the wilder version is how you make this version of Wonka, this Timothy Chalamet work mm-hmm. because he is completely uncynical. It'd almost be, you know, minus the, the mental, you know, deficiencies like a modern day Forrest Gump where you've got all these people, you've got Lieutenant Dan, you've got Jenny, they're all like cynical and hard bitten and done wrong by the world. But then you've got this guy who teaches them, you know, there's some great stuff out there and, and you are a beautiful person. And if you just like put away all the nonsense, you can reach your full potential or come back from tragedy or whatever. You know, that would be a really cool message. I, I feel like I'm 80 years old, but a message for today, for you know, kids. right? people are so cynical. Like, yeah, we can't afford to, you know, we we can't afford to grow up. You know, everything's expensive and the world's, you know, everyone's at each other's throats and everything. What if there's this guy who comes along and says, come with me? To a world of pure imagination, and possibilities, and enjoy mm-hmm. some chocolate. Exactly, David. And so you I can think, even yeah. throw in virtual oh. Sammy Davis and singing the Candyman again. I, you know, everybody forgets. You know that song was in there, and it's a beautiful song. And I love Sammy Davis and my jazz and my. Who could take a rainbow? Exactly. <laughs> the, the thing is, and that's why I was trying to hopefully in my little Oompa Loompa review, but uh, the film is fine. The, it's just fine for a standard fa- family film. It's just the fact if they, they tried a little bit too hard to t- not have it, but have it attached to the Gene Wilder one. If they would have just done their own thing, really, I think this this would have been at least sit a little bit better with most people. I, you know, it, you can now you can do something that might seem similar, but it's completely different. You could get away with that now. I mean. <laughs> Doing it a lot more. It's no, it, yeah. go ahead. It's Hershey, not Ghirardelli. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's worse? I paid. Though, I paid Ghirardelli prices for this Hershey, <laughs> though. I might add. I've got, I've got Linder. Linder. There we go. There you go. Um, but I think the worst <laughs> part of it is, for what this film is, it felt like it was streaming quality, and I feel mm. bad saying it, but. 
we're seeing more of this and this isn't the only one especially kind of the lighter fan family films now i haven't seen wish yet but oh. a, a mm. lot of the material geared towards young kids is stuff that i could see going direct to streaming doesn't necessarily need to be on the big screen some of this stuff that they're putting out on the big screen you know does it need to be because in all honesty like i said most of the fantastical stuff that happens in this film look you know would have looked just fine on a big screen tv too there wasn't really anything that i was like wow mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and, yeah. and the material isn't wow it's good enough for kids but at the same time is it good enough for you to pay your 18 bucks for imax or me to pay my money you know it i i I think that's a growing problem with uh with the amount of content we produce and with also how high of quality the products are on streaming services now you know, mm-hmm. you can watch something like The Mandalorian or you can watch one of the various Marvel shows and it looks just as good as the movies. And when you have that and you have these streaming options, it kind of makes you go, do I really want to go to the theater to see Willy Wonka? And I have to agree, it, it probably would have looked better on the small screen because <laughs> that, that Hugh Grant on the big screen, <laughs> the small screen. I love it. Oof. Yeah, like. I loved Hugh Grant, but I didn't like the animation on his face. Did uh, Mike? Did you see this at a screening or in, you know, I regular... saw a screening. Okay, so the rest of us saw it like in a regular release setting. In the trailers, I found it very interesting, and this is kind of you know off topic a bit. I found it very interesting that Pixar is going to be releasing Soul, Turning yes. Red, and Luca. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like January, February, March, or February, yeah. March, April, mm. now in theaters. Mm-hmm. Who's going to go see those? I mean, they would be great yeah. to see on the big screen, but who's going to go see those when you have Disney Plus? Yeah. That's and- exactly what I thought watching those those trailers. I'm like, I think Disney is just determined to kick off 2024 with even more losses than they had in 2023. <laughs> yeah, because didn't those uh, movies bomb? Why no, they- I mean, well, they, they were... They were- during they COVID, were Plus, so yeah. they were they, Disney Plus. Okay, okay, they were received well and they were reviewed well. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, I remember I saw Luca. I think was that at a screening or that might have been. No, I, I don't think it was. I a think screening. it was. Just, I I just remember I didn't like it. I'm like, oh, this is just the same exact thing as every other animated film I've ever seen. It's a story about Pixar someone who has... Call me by your name, you know? Yeah, it, it's... <laughs> Luca is like, call me by your name? Was there a scene where, like, he was... He, there was a peach? No, no yeah, there was but... <laughs> he, he rolled over a peach on his bike. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Turning Red and Soul, great movies. They got, you know, a good yes. uh, uh, buzz and got good reviews and got awards and everything. But I, I just don't... It's like... Hey guys, uh, we don't have really anything. We're gonna put these on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. if you didn't catch it on TV for free, yeah, that was your chance to see it in the theater. Right. For right. go and pay you, for you, parking. And that, now you mentioned it. Now that you just mentioned it, and it hasn't really dawned on me because there's so much content out. But you're absolutely right. They're cutting off the Marvel flow for a year. Mm-hmm. You're you. I haven't seen really anything. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, the Pixar, the new one, um, but that's not till 2025, isn't it? The um, uh, the emotion. Um, yeah. Oh, now Inside Out Inside Two out is two? coming out two. in this June coming or summer. May. Yeah. yeah, in June or May. But I mean, yeah, they yeah. don't. 
as far as the pantheon of releases done by Disney, it is sparse next year by mm. by a, a lot. I'm cool with that. It's just yeah, and, and that's fine, and that's Don't... fine. But it just made me realize why are they re-releasing these three films? I'm like, oh. Because they really don't have a whole lot coming yeah. out. I, well, I mean, that's the other thing. It's it's a weird strategy because, I mean, I can't say for sure, but I imagine, okay, let's release three movies in theaters staggered by a month mm-hmm. uh, that are probably not going to do that well. Because and they then, probably know that. Right. But, but within three months, they're going to have a movie in the theater that's brand new that they might want to get people out to see. But if the psychology might be like, well... I'll just wait for Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, let's just say a parent did take their kids to see those three movies in January, February, and March. They'd be like, yeah, let's spend another $120, whatever it is, to go see Inside Out when I could just wait until, let's say, September and watch it on streaming. Now, I don't know. Granted, the only audience this is really for are the people who've A, never seen it, and mm-hmm. B, don't subscribe to Disney Plus. Right. So, Okay. How, I don't know what I don't know how small that yeah, I imagine there's a very small overlap. Yeah, like yeah. Disney super fans who aren't going to pay yeah ten bucks a month to see to have the entire library for yeah. free. The Venn diagram is very slim. <laughs> yeah. Um. So okay. I and I just thought of something, Mark. You reminded me of the flying candy sequence. Um. Another way this and we'll kind of close it out on walking here with with my last gripe, um, in terms of continuity. Uh, you've got, let's call it the 1930s, uh, this this giant town square where one day all of the three magnates of these these candy cartels start flying up into the sky because they had this magical candy by this guy, Willy Wonka. Um, in the Gene Wilder version, there's so much mystery around Wonka, and his candy doesn't do any of that stuff. You don't learn that he's even tinkering with it until you get into the factory. I would think that there'd be a different angle to the golden ticket instead of, Oh my gosh, we're going to get a look inside this mysterious factory that no one's ever been inside rather than, Oh my God, we're going to get a golden ticket to see the place where they made that flying candy from 40 years ago. Like there's no mention of any of these, this magic or whimsy that takes place in this same world, the same continuity, even though it was a few decades before that would have been the biggest story the pre-social media era, like UFO conspiracy story of London for, you know, four decades. It's just, it's just so strange that they didn't think to put this together because I think on some level they just didn't care. They're like, it's like uh, Robert Downey Jr. said in natural born killers uh, playing Wayne Gale. He says, nobody remembers anything. It's like, (laughs) it was a junk food for the brains. Uh, Yeah. Wow. There you go. Mm. Never thought we'd bring um, that movie up. But... <laughs> it's 31 this year. Wow. Uh, or this coming year. Um, anyhow, guys, thank you for indulging me uh, <laughs> with uh, this this wonderful conversation about Wonka. I We don't see eye to eye, and that's okay. That's the, the wonderful, diverse world of opinions. face to face. Mm. You can back up now, David. Uh, no. Um... <laughs> chocolatier to chocolatier. Uh, 
I'm shedding a chocolate tear. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up here. Um, it's been a very interesting discussion. Um, folks who are watching this now or in the future, what did you think of Wonka? Are we way off? No, sorry. Am I way off base here? Usually. I know that we've got some mostly positives and a big negative, but my big negative is mostly a shrug. Um, I may watch this movie again with my family because they want to see it. And you know, some people you just can't pull back from the train tracks. Um, but uh, so we'll see how that goes. And um, yeah, I think we're going to be back next Thursday, this same bat time, same bat channel, or maybe like a half hour earlier to talk about. Yes, Mark. Yes, we're ending with a talk about a DC movie. Mama oh, man. yeah. 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 <laughs> Lost Kingdom. Come on, bro. Let's go. I'm Aqua, I, bro. Aqua, bro. Aquaman 2. Lost I, yeah, Kingdom. I, I might not be there for that. But what, I David? Can't wait no, for come the, on. I can't wait for the crossover when they have Aquaman 3, the Lost Kingdom versus the Kong X Godzilla, the new empire. They clash. Yes. That makes That's sense, I actually. Want. I can it see does, that. doesn't it? I, I would just see like the opening shot of just like Godzilla stepping down and crushing his foot through Atlantis and Killing squashing the Moa. <laughs> Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm sorry. AMC can't make that movie better. Did I mean, I'm prejudging it, but did you notice that AMC made that ad shorter now? Soon it's just gonna there... be <laughs> There are there are a couple of different cuts. Yes, I also yeah. noticed they keep saying it's like nineteen twenty to twenty twenty. I'm like, yeah, time to get a new commercial. Um, yeah. But I'm I'm one of the few people on the planet who does get the snuggly wugglies whenever that whenever I see that high heel splash through the puddle. I'm like, oh, this is it. Love this commercial. And I love how, I love how she walks into an empty theater. It's like you're yeah. supposed to what? Okay. It was twenty twenty. Like a nice suit in the theater. She's not dressed like people usually are dressed when they go to the theater. But well, no that that is the thing though. That's her own personal AMC theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, 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 they they, they should have done it right house. with like Keith Urban waiting for her with popcorn and like they're both in hoodies <laughs> with sunglasses and ball caps. And, and the and a phone. He's got a phone in his pocket because yeah. you can only record the movie That's if right. you have a hoodie. That's right. That's right. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, gang. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. I'm going to let us all go and enjoy some nice Thursday evening chocolate. I don't know what that means. Uh, I have, as am always, uh, Ian Simmons of Kicking the Seat. We have David Fowley of Keeping It Real. Mike Crowley, if you'll probably agree. Go in and check out our very odd top 10 uh, movies of 2023. I yeah, did not the, expected to, to whip that uh, out. Um, man, and yeah. uh, I did. Uh, you, whipped, you whipped out what, when, how? He whipped out something with Mike. You got to see that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You, yeah. you can it, only it was... see it if you subscribe to YP. You'll probably agree. <laughs> you'll, probably, you'll probably like what you see. You'll, <laughs> you'll probably agree with what Ian whipped out. Yeah. It was a, it was a long, hard 10. Anyway, and we also have uh, <laughs> Mark the Movie Man Krawcheck <laughs> of uh, Special Mark Productions in the Spoiler Room. So, everybody, thank you. And, and thank you all out there for, for hanging out and and watching us talk wonka um if you like what you see please like and subscribe if you don't like what you see leave a comment and tell us you know what went wrong with the live stream or the movie at hand and uh until next time whenever that is whatever that is next thursday at 8 p.m central uh thank you all very much take care and uh yeah enjoy some pure imagination on me yeah that's the ticket yeah. the golden ticket yeah.